every client is different. The accounting rules are the same. The compliance environment is the same depending on the business. Every single compliance is focused on data security, whether that be personal health information, credit card information, personally identifiable information, all compliance have data at the heart of it. From Ray & Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow your business. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. If you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, please visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast to sign up for updates. Cyber attacks happen every day, unfortunately. With the rise of virtual reliance, many say that cyber attacks are the largest modern threat to business today, and for good reason. Since 2003, October has been recognized as Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Cybersecurity experts at Ray, Ty Wittenberg, is happy to join us here today to discuss the importance of cybersecurity and how it can help protect your business. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Ty. Thanks for having me, Doug. I'm glad to be back. Always uh, great to have you on because um, this is a topic where I am utterly lost. Uh, I felt like, you know, 25, 30 years ago, I knew a little bit about cyber environment and and those types of things, but no more. You really have to have uh, somebody like yourself involved uh, who does this, lives it, breathes it every day. So before we get into the Cybersecurity Awareness Month and things to be thinking about, tell us a little bit about your background and how how you uh, came to this uh, this segment and you know what what your journey has been like. That's a great question to ask, right? And it's it's actually part of the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, right? It's week three where it kind of talks about uh, the journey on exploring, experiencing cyber. So uh, I've always been uh, a bit of a techie guy. My career wasn't straight IT. Uh, I kind of meandered into this. I was a sales leader for a long time, but always had a technical bend. Worked with Cyber Six Group for quite a while before they were acquired. Uh, by Ray and Associates. And I focused on uh, customer success in the engagements, a little bit of project management, a little bit of uh, governance risk and compliance work. But my my start with information security probably started, heck, it's 21 years uh, now ago uh, with a a large uh, organization that I was with. They were very focused on compliance. And then uh, when I moved over to Apple, you would think that when you're doing repairs on people's iPhones or iPads or MacBook computers, that there's no compliance involved there. But there's there's quite a bit uh, that goes on behind the scenes and safeguarding uh, those clients' information. And so I knew I wanted to pivot and do a little bit more in this particular role. I started doing some self-study, um, started partnering with some friends of mine that were in information security, uh, joined some local organizations and and then wound up at Ray, hired a little over, uh, it's almost a year and a half. Excellent. Yeah. So that's that's cool. Um, so you've got a little bit of, obviously, varied experience, uh, both, you know, consulting and, and helping clients as well as kind of in, inside as well. And talk a little bit about what it's like, 
you know, say dealing with with one business or or one company uh, in terms of its its own environment for cybersecurity versus you know what you do now, obviously working with a, a number of different clients. How juxtapose that a little bit for us? So you know, I, I think uh, I liken it to our peer group in public accounting, right? Uh, every client is different. The accounting rules are the same. The compliance environment is the same depending on the business. It's every single compliance is focused on data security, right? Whether that be personal health information, credit card information, personally identifiable information, all compliance have data at the heart of it. What differs in this particular role is instead of having to ensure uh, the safeguarding of information in one particular corporate entity. Uh, I'm helping out multiple businesses in, in varying ways, whether that be governance, risk, and compliance, whether that be as a virtual chief information security officer or uh, help with an implementation of mobile device management. Um, so it, it varies from each client. Uh, each client varies in size, whether that be five employees or 500. And so it's pretty enjoyable, I think. You know, Ray has a really good niche market uh, in the Amish country, which a lot of times people think Amish do not utilize technology. That's a fallacy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then also, you know, uh, we have varying clients in size from uh, small, medium, some quite large uh, in, in manufacturing, construction, which is one that you're passionate about. Uh, so. I swim in almost all the waters. I can tread water pretty well. In, including, uh, obviously, international. I know we have international clients as well that you you deal with, uh, along with some of the other cybersecurity team members. So, Yeah, and that adds a whole different com, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> sure. complexities to it with you know, GDPR and things like that. Yeah. So we've got Cybersecurity Awareness Month going on. What talk a little bit about the importance of that and what what exactly this this means? What we should be doing uh, around that? So uh, another good question. You're always really good at that, right? The reality here is you are much better at cybersecurity uh, than you say. And in your uh, opening monologue, you shared that cybersecurity is probably one of the biggest threats out. There. If you think of what you've seen in movies or the news in the 1920s of the mafia back in the day, and uh, whether it be Irish or Italian or whatever, and they were trying to take over segments of New York City, modernize that now with your ransomware actors, your advanced persistent threat actors out there. Not only just that, but then nation states as well, too, United States wow. included. And, and the threat uh, vector out there is huge, right? Uh, the proliferation of mobile device users has increased that space. And so cybersecurity, like you said, your data, our data, uh, companies' data, intellectual property, uh, has a lot of value out there. Mm -hmm. and, and so you need to put things in place in order to safeguard that information so you'll be uh, in business you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road versus suffering uh, a catastrophic catastrophic event like a breach uh, and that could potentially put you out of business, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, not only reputationally, but expenses, legal fees that are incurred, stuff like that. So cybersecurity is, is everybody's responsibility, not even just when you're at work, but even in your own personal data and how you use it uh, in applications that you uh, frequent. So yeah, and you you bring up a good point. It's it's we've got to think beyond. It's not just some 
you know, individual hacker out there. This is true organized crime, right? I mean, that it really that's, is. Yeah. Which, which is scary. Uh, like you said, whether it's, you know, a, a nation state or a, a group of, you know, organized uh, criminals, um, it's, it's frightening. And, and the resources that are being deployed by these bad actors, threat actors towards uh, this uh, just have to be astronomical, right? Just yes. growing exponentially. I mean, if you go out and you buy Microsoft 365 for yourself, there on the dark web, there's the capability to go out and buy uh, malicious software to utilize against randomware or ransomware to use against uh, people as well, too. And, and you don't have to be that super technical. You didn't have to go to MIT or California Polytech and, and be this uh, whiz bang computer programmer. You just have to buy the software. Yeah, that's that's scary. So thinking of that, how do you and how does the team try to help mitigate those risks for for our business owners out there? What what are some of the things we should be aware of and and paying attention to? So the first thing is, is we always want to focus on uh, identifying where the data lies in the organization and how it flows through the organization. Uh, I think where we help organizations as well too is helping to put a framework together to help them have a business conversation about their technological tools that they use, as well as the data that's on those tools. But then more importantly, we focus in on helping to educate from a business perspective and, and make sure that uh, just like you're talking about your top line revenue, uh, you're talking about what your client uh, projections are for the next few years, you need to have technology as a part of that conversation. That's yeah. Well, well said. And I think the other thing, you know, we, we try to get folks to think about, don't think of this as an expense item. Think of it as an investment, an investment in your, your business and your business's future, right? Correct. I mean, we are all in the data business now, Ray, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, with the information that we uh, audit for clients or do tax work on, uh, the amount of information that we maintain on the relationships that we have with clients, our clients that are in manufacturing and, and tracking their inventory and, uh, you know, any type of computer aided designs and stuff like that. We are all data driven and to pretend like we are not is a bit naive. And I don't want to say to the people listening in the audience that they're naive if, if they haven't thought about that. But the reality is there's a reason why there's a Google, a Facebook of the world, and they make their billions on the data that we provide them freely. Yeah. Very good point. And, uh, you know, speaking of those, those entities, not too far from where I live within, uh, within 10 miles, actually, uh, Google, Facebook, and Amazon have collectively invested more than $5 billion in data facilities. That's um, right. <laughs> that, that just, incredible to me. And I, you know, so I drive by there frequently to check out the, the construction as it's ongoing and um, the security that they deploy around those physical facilities is just unbelievable to me, you know? Yeah. So I, I was listening to a podcast this, podcast this week. I, I served in the military and you'll hear a lot of IT vendors use military grade, right? Which is, you know, just kind of a catch-all marketing phrase. It's, it's, it's good for click, clickbait. Where, where's my marketing guys at? But 
you know, th- their facilities, to your point, is is military quality, pr- physical security protection for them. So, you know, there is a security force, there's surveillance uh, material, you have to be badged up. If you're visiting somebody, you better be on the roster ahead of time. There is no surprise visit just to say hi. Right. So, yeah, it, you know, there, there's call and response. Who goes there? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. It is, it is funny, but uh, yeah. So um, you talked about, you know, obviously individuals and organizations uh, trying to educate them and, and raise awareness. So how do you get somebody to be smarter and more intelligent about recognizing and understanding the threats and, and being, being aware of those things? I mean, I know we, we get, for example, in our firm, you know, that, that we'll, have attempted attacks and and they'll kind of test us and and prod us uh, those types right. of things um what are some of the tools and techniques that that you try to deploy with with client organizations to to help raise that so internal social engineering is a good tool right uh sometimes culturally though it can have a little bit of a rub with your people because it's it's like rubbing your nose in it so you have to be careful um i, I always challenge that you don't necessarily have to be the Microsoft 365 expert as an end user, but giving people some tools of basic things to pay attention for, anomalies. If you receive a PDF from a client and it, it, it's not in the top header line of your email, but it's in the body and it, it has, and you hover over, teach them how to hover over it and it has a link. Um, just those simple things. It's amazing that, you know, my peer group in information security and IT is sort of blame the end user for a long time. And the end user is, you know, there's a lot of protection tools out there, but at some particular point as information security experts, we can't keep blaming them. You know, you go to school for a reason, you teach people for a reason. And so I think the biggest, the biggest thing you can do is have proactive conversations with folks about what to look for. If they do have a mistake, right? Ask them what they learned from it, right? Don't rub their nose in it. You know, and you obviously have to pay attention. You know, there's some organizations that it's a zero sum. You know, you make a mistake and you're out. I'm a big believer, and I had a mentor that used to say, once a mistake, twice a pattern, three times a behavior. Mm. And so I believe our job is to make sure we educate people um, so that it doesn't become a behavior. Yeah. That's that's well put. It's it's you know uh, I think of it akin to to driving. You know certainly some of it is uh, user error, right? Um, the the driver's fault. But if we put in place enough, let's say guardrails or safety features, you know whether it be road markings, certain signals, et cetera, et cetera, we we put in enough safety measures, then it makes it better for all. And it sounds like this is very similar in many ways. I'm a big fan of saying, and I probably said this before on earlier uh, interviews with you, Doug, see something, say something. If it feels weird, say something, even if you clicked on it by mistake, say something sooner versus later, that has uh, as as much impact on an organization as buying uh, an antivirus or anti-malware software if, if you made a mistake and you say something sooner versus later. Yeah. You know, my, my mom and dad used to uh, always say that, you know, if you tell the truth, it'll set you free. 
<laughs> uh, if you report it quickly, you know, we can, we can respond relatively quickly and, and potentially stop uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of damage. Right. Yeah. You know, that really lends itself to making sure at the heart of everything with the technology that folks use, they can feel comfortable to reach out to their IT or their information security teams. Yeah, that's that's well said. Um, I always think of the phrase that cover up is uh, many times worse than the crime and the crime in this case might be accidental, but don't exactly. don't try and hide it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, creates yeah. more problems. So in, in today's environment, what are the biggest threats to your typical owner managed business? Is it phishing or is it is it something else? Business email compromise is the largest threat vector attack surface out there. Okay. Everybody, everybody out there is utilizing email. And, and so the threat actors have gotten much better, better at impersonating. Um, as a matter of fact, I was engaged with a client that uh, suffered a what's called a spoofing event, where I gave that example to you around the PDF link uh, was in the body of an email. Somebody clicked on it, and they used a survey site similar to like a, a survey monkey um, that wow. looked look like Microsoft uh, requesting your Microsoft credentials. The person put it in, or the users put it in. There was a few that did it, um, and then it that it unleashed, it gave the credentials to the threat actor and allowed them to uh, send out thousands of, in essence, spam emails from, from the client's account. Now, this client did the right thing. And the end user there, this is what I really want, did the right thing. Admitted that they clicked on something, said something didn't feel right. And the administrators went in and shut them down immediately. Uh, but in the matter of 10 minutes, over 30,000 emails had been sent. That's crazy. But at least, like you said, the damage was prevented from being much, much worse, potentially. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, we conducted the incident response. Uh, our, our team at Ray did. Um, you know, the first thing you really want to go through is make sure that they haven't accessed any type of data. That it was just an email uh, or uh, harvesting of credentials. Uh, was what they were trying to attempt to do, um, which that was purely the case. But, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into it, right? And so yeah. you stop it a lot sooner versus later. I, I would just finish up with saying that, yes, phishing, spear phishing are your biggest threat vectors. And then I, I would probably say up there, the second would be around segmentation of your networks. Um, okay. tends to be, you know, uh, it's almost like that flat earther theory a lot of small businesses will open up. They'll go and buy a, a wireless router from their um, local Best Buy, uh, or they'll use one from their uh, internet service provider. While those things are okay, um, they're not necessarily the most secure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so if you don't have other tools in place, it just opens you up to greater vulnerability. Yeah. Flat Earther. Now, don't go all Kyrie Irving on me there, you know, <laughs> Mister Flat Flat Earth that he is. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, if anything, I, I might play the role of Uncle Drew, like in a yes. Pepsi commercial, right? Very and, nice. Uh, that goes along with the whole social engineering uh, campaign there. So there you go. 
So talk a little bit, you mentioned the incident response. So we've talked a lot about preventiveness and, and all those things. Talk about incident response and what you and the team do along those lines if, if there is uh, something that, that occurs. Yeah, so incident response is, is relatively, think of your emergency responders uh, for hurricanes and things like that. So there's a level of prepare, preparedness that you have to have and tools and materials. Now, once you get into an environment, need to be able to identify what's going on. If they haven't pulled the plug already on a device, do you allow them to stay connected to the network so that you can get more forensic information? Uh, or do you pull the plug or do you, uh, you know, in essence, uh, secure that particular device from the rest of the network so that the threat cannot proliferate outside of those boundaries? But then you go into the whole a MacGyver or Doogie Hauser mode around uh, forensics, right? Uh, right? Or house might be better. There you go. Right. And so, you know, trying to resolve what the issue is, there's a, elements of chain of custody that you have to do. You also have to think about the legal ramifications. Okay. More importantly, you have to determine, is it just an incident or is it a breach? There is a difference between the two. The breach means that uh, information has um, exfiltrated from your business environment to the threat actors. And then that, that takes on a whole new manifestation where you probably should, uh, as an organization, should partner with legal counsel, public relations if you're large enough, depending on the size and the amount of information and client data that you have, you have to start taking a look at as well too around what uh, measures you put in place uh, to safeguard those individual users' information that has been exposed. So, yeah. Wow. It's, it's fascinating stuff and complex stuff. And I'm glad we have you and our team at Ray Cyber to, uh, to assist uh, clients and folks through this, because I, I don't know how you could possibly try to manage it without expertise like you and, and, rest of our team have. So thank you for that. Well, you are welcome. Uh, I would just say that it is definitely a team effort. While, you know, incident response is a specialty, I I do not claim to be the ultimate incident responder. Uh, I can handle uh, business email compromises, right? I I could probably assist on a team with some other things. But, you know, when you think of Sean Richardson, he has some incident response chops. Um, we've got some other assets on the team that can dive really deep into an organization and forensically pull out information that the the best legal teams in the world would feel pretty comfortable about using if they had to in a court of law that uh, that chain of custody hasn't been violated. So, wow, yeah, awesome stuff. So, well, thanks, Ty. Thanks for uh, continuing to educate me and and certainly our audience. And uh, for business owners out there, please don't hesitate to reach out to Ty and. Our, our cyber team, they are just fantastic at what they do. So thanks again. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, please visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. 
The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.